This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Uh, John chapter 4, go to verse 7. Um, we, we are in a series right now called Knocking on My Door. Revelation 3, verse 20. It says, this is Jesus. He says, Behold, I stand at the door. Um, in Spanish, is that puerta? Que bueno. Uh, I stand at the door and I knock. If, he says, if anybody opens the door, I will come in and I will dine with them. This is symbolic that Jesus wants on the inside of your life. He wants on the inside of your heart, but he's not going to come until you invite him. He's not, he's not a God that bombards. He's not a God that intrudes. He's, he's a gentleman. He, so he, he's a pursuer. He's a knocker. He, he desires, but he's like, it's up to you. It's your call. So we've been talking about the God that knocks. Last week when I was gone, the team did a great job talking about forgiveness is knocking on your door. The opportunity to forgive. And tonight, I want to talk about freedom. That God is knocking on your door to set you free. It is not the will of God for your life for you to be chained, for you to live in bondage, for you to be all in captivity. Jesus said in Luke chapter 4, the reason why I've come is to heal the brokenhearted and to set at liberty those who are captive. Anybody thankful that we serve the God of freedom? Come on, if if one person claps, everybody got to clap. Anybody thankful tonight that the Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, and whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Okay, so this is the God of freedom. I want to tell you a story tonight. We're going to read uh, uh, about a woman in John chapter 4. John chapter 4, Jesus He's, on, he's been traveling with his guys, and he comes to a town called Samaria. Now, most Jews would have walked around this town because Jewish people had nothing to do with Samaritans. But Jesus, the Bible says, he had to pass through Samaria. When he gets into the town, the first thing he does is he tells his guys, the disciples. He says, guys, I'm kind of because this is true about traveling, you're always teetering on hungry and hangry. Can I get an amen? So Jesus is looking at the guys. He's like, fellas, I'm hungry. I need you to go to Subway, see some sandwich artists. I need a footlong Italian. Okay, you're going to laugh at my jokes or not. Okay, you guys, that was moderately funny. So the first thing he does is he sends the guys to go get food. Now, the reason why Jesus does this is because sometimes in order for you to execute your mission, you got to get rid of some people that won't understand what you're about to do. Jesus is not hungry. He just understands these guys aren't thinking at the level of the mission that he's on, and they're going to cross-examine. This is the same group that tried to get blind Bartimaeus to get quiet. This is the same group that turned away a mother with a sick daughter. So he says, I know y'all can't handle what I'm about to do, so y'all got to get out the way for me to fulfill the mission. Sometimes you need to get some separation for the mission that God has for your life. So he lies to him. He's like, I'm hungry. But then he goes, phone's ringing. But then he goes to, um, then he goes to a well, Jacob's well. And he sits here. And all of a sudden, a woman, a Samaritan woman, 
comes up and starts talking to Jesus. Watch what the scriptures say here. This is John chapter 4. It says, a woman of Samaria came to draw water and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. Now whenever I see this in scripture, give me a drink, it always makes me think of the song, buy me a drink. But that's irreverent, you guys were in church. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you being a Jew ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it was who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to her, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? And Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst again to come to have to draw here. I, I, I love this because Jesus right away starts talking to the Samaritan woman. And the Samaritan woman's like, I don't know who you are, but Jews and Samaritans, we're not even supposed to be talking. This woman is kind of like at a disdain for Jesus. She's, she's kind of like, I don't know who you think you are. She Watch, watch her progression. She's going to end up thinking he's something, but in the beginning, she thinks he's an enemy. She thinks he's an alien. She's going to graduate to calling him sir. From sir, she'll move to prophet. And from prophet, she'll end up at Messiah. Anybody thankful tonight that God is patient as you get a revelation of who Jesus is? Come on, he's not put off. He's not offended that you don't get it right away. Somebody thank him right now that we serve the God of patience that continually wants to reveal himself to you so you eventually say, oh, I can see. You're not just a, you're not just a man. You're the God man. Watch what she says in, in the next verse. She says this, I, I, I want this drink. And Jesus said to her in verse 15, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. And Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, Well, you ain't lying. You have said, Well, I have no husband. For you, had you have had five husbands. And the one whom you now are with is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. The woman said to, her, said to him, sir, I perceive you are a prophet. Like, you, how did you know that? It, it, it's, it's amazing to me that Jesus is, is sitting on Jacob's well. It's, he, he's sitting on Jacob's well, Israel's well. He, Christ is in the spirit what this well is in the earth. It's Israel's well. A well is sitting on a well. And he has come to offer her something. He doesn't need anything from her. He is only using conversation to bait her into saying, I've got something for you. In other words, Jesus is sitting on the well, waiting at the place that the lady frequent. He came to the place that he knew she could find her. I want to tell you today, God knows where you dwell. God knows where you hang out. And he's not going to show up in a place that you're not. He's going to show up in the place that you are. Come on, he'll show up at your gym. He'll show up at your house. He'll show up in your car. Come on, somebody thank him right now. If it was a well, he'd show up at the well. But he shows up at the place that he knows you are.
and he knocks on her door and says, hey, can I get a drink? He doesn't want a drink from this woman. He's knocking on her door. She doesn't have anything that she can offer him. He's got something he can offer her. It's not about living the, the, this arrowhead water. It's about living water. It's not that she, he wants to drink from her. She needs to drink from him. He says, the water that I have to give, you will never thirst again. The water that I have to give will spring up a well within you. Anybody thankful tonight that Jesus does not offer something that's going to make you dry and empty and thirsty? But somebody praise him tonight because he's the God of fulfillment and he does more than wonders in our life. So, so, so he says, he says, um, he says can, can I get a drink in in in?" And she's like, um, why are you even talking to me? And, and he's like, well, if you knew, if you knew who was talking to you, you'd flip the table and you'd ask me for a drink. Because the water that I give, if you keep drinking from this water, you're always going to be thirsty. But if you drink from my water, you'll never thirst again. She's like, where, where, where do you purchase this water? He's talking about water that cannot be purchased at Neiman Marcus or Nordstrom's. He says, go get your husband and I'll, I'll tell you where you can get it. And she's like, oh, man, I, I um, <laughs> whoopsies. And he's like, you've well spoken. I love that the more she interacts with Jesus, the more she understands who he is. She's gone from enemy to serve. You're a prophet, and she'll end up Messiah. I'm so grateful that as I understand who Jesus is, he just keeps knocking on my door. He doesn't just go like, do you get it or not? He just keeps pursuing. He keeps desiring. He keeps loving. And he, and he says all these things because I, I want to unpack tonight the reason why God knocks on your door. In fact, would you write down the title of tonight's message? It's, it's called, I Just Want to Know Why. To me, the woman at the well is explaining the why God knocks on your door. He knocks on your door for a purpose. There's motive and intent. In fact, it's amazing to me that Jesus, he knocks on this woman's door. He doesn't knock on a religious leader or a politician or someone with authority. He knocked on a woman's door who he knew was going to eventually go back to Samaria and flip her city upside down for Jesus. He knew who he was talking to. Anybody thankful today? He knows your gift mix. He knows your talent. He knows your future. He knows your calling. He knows your past, but he knows what he's called you to. So he knocks on his door because there's a reason why. There's a reason why he knocks on your door. Come on, let's pray together and let's believe that God will come and speak to us. Jesus, we thank you that you're a God that speaks. You're a God that knocks. You're a God that pursues because you're a God that desires. We're asking tonight, God, open up our eyes so we can see you and open up our ears so we can hear you. Do the unique, profound thing that happens when your word goes forward. We thank you that it is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. We receive your promises. We receive your grace. We receive your love tonight. Thank you that you're a God that's for us. And God, this year as a church, we're praying that for Christmas you give us an NBA championship. Like, let the Lakers win it all in El Nombre de Jesus. And everybody said together. Come on, let's clap and thank God together one more time. Come on, let's, that's all we want for Christmas, church. 
Let me give you three reasons why God knocks on your door. Write down number one. He knocks because he knows. He knows. I love this about God. He's omniscient. He knows everything about you. God knows the good, the bad, and the ugly, and yet he still loves everything about you. God knows your past. God knows your pain. God knows what you're going through. The Bible says even before we pray, he already knows what we need. He's a God that knows. Some of you feel like nobody knows my struggle. Nobody knows my pain. Nobody knows what it's like to walk in these shoes. I want to tell you, we might not know, but God knows. God knows everything about you. God knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows when you sit down and stand up and go out and come in. He's a God that knows. And in all of his knowing, he is not threatened. In all of his knowing, he is not perturbed. In all of his knowing, he is not going to isolate. He knows her past. He knows her pain. He knows she's been wounded. He knows that she's been sleeping around. He knows that she's had five guys and she's with the six. But he's come as the seventh man. The biblical number for seven is completion. He says, I'm about to complete. All these guys abused you. All these other guys used you. But I'm here right now because I know your tears. I know your struggle. I know I know your anxiety. I know your pain. I know your sin, but freedom is in the house. Oh, I love this about God. He's a God that knows. He knows. He knows. I felt like Drake. He knows. He knows. He knows. Don't laugh with me. Laugh at me. Some of us, I feel like you really were laughing at me right there. Some of us feel like we can't approach God because he knows. Most, most of us are afraid to talk about the real issues of our life and come clean and be forthright and transparent and, and let somebody in to know because we are so afraid of rejection. If they knew they would reject me, not Jesus. He's sitting on the well because he knows. And he knows, and he's not willing to see his child suffer anymore. He's not willing to see the bondage. He's not willing to see the brokenness. She cries herself to see she's been so used and abandoned and broken and guy after guy. And there's a huge gap in her heart, and she's broken. And Jesus sits on a well. He says, go to Subway. I need to spend time with my daughter. I need to set her free. He, the, 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 the asking for a drink is just a knock on the door. It's just a conversation starter. He doesn't want a drink. He wants to heal you. He doesn't want a drink. He wants to fix you. He wants wants to love you and build you back up and tell you you don't have to live this way anymore. Anybody thankful tonight that God knows what's going on? Come on, give him a clap and give him a praise because he's in the know. He's in the know. He's in the know. And so he's like, go get your husband. And she's like, I don't got one. And he's like, yeah, I know because the one you're, one you're living with right now ain't even your husband. And as soon as he, as soon as he says it, she's like, oh, oh, dang. Like, you knew that? The difference between religion and relationship is grace. Because religion throws the book at her right now. How dare you? What's wrong with you? Get your act together. You know better. How could you go from man to man? How come you can't keep a husband? What's wrong with you? Grace doesn't talk like that. Grace shows up and says, and I know that the one you're, not, you're with right now, you're not married to. But I've come to give you water. I've come to give you something that will heal you. I've come to fix the thing that's broken in your life. You don't need another man. You need a God man. You don't need a boyfriend. You need the Savior of the universe. Somebody thank him tonight if you're grateful that he comes to offer us a solution. 
So the first reason why he knocks on your door is because he knows the pain and he knows the past and he knows the brokenness. The second reason why he knocks is because he loves you. It's love that made him do it. It's love that made him drive him away. It's love that made him sit at a well. It's love that made him start a conversation. It's love that made him offer the water. It's love that's got him in Samaria. If he was selfish, he would have walked around like everybody else, but he had to go through Samaria. There was a daughter there. There was a people group there. He wanted to reach them. It was love that drives him. Remember, for God so loved the world that he gave his son, that if anybody would believe in him, they will not perish, but they'll have everlasting life. Love made God send Jesus. Love made Jesus get on the cross. Love made Jesus get up from the grave. Love made Jesus give you the Holy Spirit. Love made Jesus set you free. Love is the dominating driving factor of heaven. Somebody thank him tonight if you're grateful that he loves you. Oh, he loves you. He loves you big. He loves you. He lo- he's knocking because he loves you. He's knocking not because he's mad. He's not disappointed. He's not angry. He's just got better for you. Love is the motivation. Love is the desire. I'm sitting here on a well because I love you, daughter. You don't understand. You call me an alien. You calling me a sir. It doesn't matter. In the end, you'll understand. I'm obsessed with you. I am for you. I died for you. I came for you. You're mine and I'm yours. Love, love will make you do crazy things. And this is an example of a crazy thing because a Jew is sitting on a well talking to a Samaritan. It is an amazing thing to be reminded that Jesus did not come for religious people. He came for broken people. He did not come for the righteous. He came for the unrighteous. He came to seek and to save those that are lost. And so he had to go through Samaria to sit here and say, I don't care about my reputation right now. I care about you right now. And I love you so much to engage you in conversation And to say, hey, can I get a drink? It has nothing to do about the drink. It has everything to do about the freedom of your soul. He loves you. Most of us don't believe this about God. And so in our mind, what we usually do is we we vacillate. Awesome word. No. We vacillate between he loves me, he loves me not. When I'm doing good and I, and I go to church and, 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 I, and I, you know, I'm doing the right thing, he loves me. But when, I, when I'm falling off and I'm not doing, and I'm being bad, he loves me not. Our God's love is not predicated on your behavior. He loves you unconditionally. He loves you even when you keep going from guy to guy and you keep on being broken. It doesn't matter what you're going through, he still loves you. That's why he shows up at wells and engages people and knocks on the door because he loves you. Write down the third one. The third reason why he knocks on your door is because freedom is his mission. He's all, in fact, I will, I will just offer this to you tonight. He is on a rescue mission in Samaria. He has shown up in Samaria because he wants to rescue one of his kids. And he doesn't just want to rescue one of them. He's going to use this one to rescue everybody else in the region. But he is starting here. Freedom is his passion. Freedom is his desire. God does not want to see you bound to that thing. God doesn't want to see you soul tied to that thing. God does not want, the enemy wants to get you all captive, all broken, all hurting. And Jesus says, no, I want you to be free. I want you to 
to have purpose. I want you to have identity. I want you to laugh and dance and act silly because that's the promise of God for your life. So he comes to Samaria and sits at a well because the way God works is he takes the normal plans of people and turns them into the divine connection of heaven. You need to know that tomorrow God can use your mundane Monday and use the plan of people to turn around for a divine connection from heaven. The way God works is he uses wells. He uses wells. He uses convos. He uses water. He uses ordinary things that everybody's doing to change somebody's life because it's a rescue mission. It's a freedom mission. It's the heart of heaven. I was talking to somebody the other day, you know, for Thanksgiving. Julie and I, we, we went to Portland. I hate it. Portland, man, they weird, man. They weird. Like, they for real weird. Like, they're just when you think it can't get weirder, I'm like, well, <laughs> you got weirder. And uh, so we were at Portlandia, and when, when I came back, I saw this guy that's a part of Zoe. And I said, hey, man, I, I was just thinking, the last time I was in Portland is when I met you. And somebody had given me uh, employee passes to the Adidas store. And I'm, I'm not really, you know, an Adidas person. Checks over stripes. You feel me, though? And, um, but I was like, I'll oblige. So I went to the Adidas store. And when I was in the Adidas store, these two, they looked like golfers. They walked up. And these two guys walked up. And one of them was, I could tell, was excited. And so he said, the, the first guy, he says, hey, man. Uh, I just want to say, um, I listen to Zoe podcast every week. Thank you so much. He was really excited. And so he says to his buddy, he's like, man, you know who this is? And the guy was like, nah. <laughs> and I was like, thanks, man. <laughs> Feels great. Oh, is that humble pie? I'd love a piece. <laughs> nah. Okay, calm down. So... So in, anyways, Nah, guy and I exchange information and we talk and long story short, he, his family would come to Zoe and he would get radically changed by grace and he is now living a completely different lifestyle than he was then. And the brokenness that he was in then, he is not in now. And I said, man, the last time I was at the Adidas store was when I met you. And he said, man, I'm telling you, that meeting changed my life. I would not be where I am today if it wasn't there. I'm telling you, God always uses the little plans of people for the divine connection of heaven. Anybody thankful tomorrow you can go on a rescue mission and you can help somebody in your family and help somebody in your life and help somebody in Los Angeles. No, you don't have to stay bound no more. He is in Samaria. What's he doing in Samaria? He's at a well. He's talking to somebody he should never talk to. Why? Because he's here to say, you're not going to stay here no more. i got freedom for you. I've got plans for you. I've got destiny for you. I've got direction for you. I've got identity for you. And this way ain't the way. Come on, somebody thank him right now that he shows up and shows off in unbelievable ways. Oh, I love this about God. you got to know freedom is his passion. He's knocking because he wants to get you out of that sin cycle, out of that bondage, out of that addiction. Nobody knows God knows. And God's knocking because he loves. He doesn't want to see you broken anymore. He doesn't want to see you bound and addicted to that thing. Look at Luke chapter 4. Watch what Jesus says. He says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the Samaritan, to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to 
set the oppressed free. Oh, I'm telling you, he's passionate about freedom. Look at Galatians chapter 5. Oh, I love this verse. Put it up, Galatians 5. Let me be clear. The anointed one has set us free. Not partially, but completely and wonderfully free. We must always cherish this truth and stubbornly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. Somebody praise him and thank him right now. Worship team, come join me. Come on, God is a God of freedom. I'll tell you why he's in Samaria. I'll tell you why he's at a well. He's on a freedom mission. He's on a rescue mission. And he's saying to this woman, no, 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 no. It stops now. It stops here, it stops now, I'm for you, I'm with you, and I have sent my guys away from here to let everybody know you're not going to live this way anymore. Oh, I'm thankful tonight that Jesus loves me enough to knock on my door and let me know it all stops here. Eventually, she will understand why. At first she starts, because she's wounded, she starts with attitude. Who are you? And then a little bit more respect. Sir, prophet, Messiah. She runs back to her city. She gathers all of her friends and family. She says, I met a man today. He changed my life. I met a man today, and I don't think I'll ever be the same. I offered him water, and he gave me water. He knew my sin, and yet he accepted me. I've been with a lot of guys that told me they loved me, but I believed it when he said it. It was his tone. It was the way he looked at me. I could tell he meant it. And this lady would go on to change so many people's lives. Do you realize that the freedom that God wants to give you is the freedom he wants you to give others? It's not your freedom alone. I just love this. He knows your gift. He knows your talent. He knows your future. Ain't nothing like him. I'm not talking about a creepy Christian. But it ain't nothing like a passionate Christian. You know them passionate Christians that text you, you want to come to church? You going to come to church? You want to come to church with me? You going to come to church? It's like all gray. That's who he got a hold of. That's who he changed here. He didn't change somebody that would go back to bondage. He changed somebody he knew would walk in their destiny. He changed somebody he knew if I light a fire in her, the whole city will get flipped upside down. Come on, Zoe. We need some people in this place that say, I don't care what nobody thinks about me. I got set free. I got set free. And I'm going to let everybody know I met a man that changed my life. I met a man that gave me a drink. My favorite part of the story is that not only she understands why, but the disciples, they're going to find out why. They come back from Subway, and they, you know, they, they just, you know, they got their bags, their footlongs, you know what I'm saying? And they come to give Jesus his Sprite, and as they walk up, you know what I'm saying? And as they walk up, and they see Jesus, they're like, 
whoa, um, sorry, sir, wasn't expecting this. Don't want to accuse you, Jesus, but I'm going to be honest, this looks sketchy. You're talking to a Samaritan. You're talking to someone we don't interact with. But I'm telling you, maybe the first impression, why in the world would he send us away? Why in the world is he talking to her? But pretty soon they're about to understand. I get why you sent us away. The reason why you send us is because we would have never let you. We would have never let you interact. But he's making a statement to the church. He's saying, I'm for people that you never would have thought. I'm going to rescue people that you wrote off and you said we're done. I'm a God of second chances. I'm a God that comes to broken. Come on, Zoe. This is not a Christian club. This is not a church for just a few of us. This is the gospel for all of us. Somebody thank him tonight that we're going to know the why of the knock of heaven. I wonder, I wonder if they came back and they looked at Jesus and they kind of just kind of shook their heads and they were like, sir, sorry, forgive us because I know we would have stopped grace. Don't you stop grace in somebody's life. Don't you stop God working in somebody's life. You wrote them off, heaven didn't. You called them this, but heaven didn't. They are still loved. They are still cherished. They are still valued. Nobody is too far gone from the grace of Jesus Christ. And when we understand this, when you understand the why, when you understand, I just, I just want to know the why. Why did you offer me a drink? Why did you send me away? He did this for one side, but he did it for the other. He's making a statement, Zoe. He's making a statement, church. He's making a statement. I'm the God of grace. I'm the God that knocks because I'm for you. I'm the God that knocks because I know, I love, and I'm on a freedom rescue mission. Amen. Come on, let's clap if you believe it tonight. And you got faith that God will do it for you.